0: the cnbc app global market news in one place customizable sections and personalized alerts stocks tracking interactive charts and market insights all in
1: your hands stay connected stay informed download the cnbc app today
0: right a very warm welcome to scorebox we've got jomana basechi in rome for the crisis there karen cho covering all the markets here in london and myself steve sedgwick and these are your headlines so you got Wall Street rallying in its best day in almost a month, sparking broad global gains as the earnings season r- ramps up. Uh, Netflix. Stem subscriber losses? Well, it's debatable. But anyway, reporting only half the fall that it originally feared amid strength in Asia and Latin America, the co-CEO Reed Hastings are looking on the bright side. We're talking about, you know, losing one million instead of losing two million. So, you know, our excitement is tempered by, you know, the uh, less, less bad results.
2: Germany is on edge ahead of the scheduled restart of the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, with preliminary testing reportedly pointing to a resumption in gas flows. Bailout talks for troubled gas supply Unipur reportedly near a conclusion with the German government reportedly eyeing as much as a 30% stake in the utility firm.
1: And Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi prepares to face lawmakers in a day of crucial debate as the country's fractured parliament faces the risk of fresh elections.
2: Markets are encouraged by a lot of the earnings that have been crossing. And as a bumper day that played out, the NASDAQ, the rally 3.1%, uh, exceeding the other major averages. And you can see 105 on the S&P 500, a bounce of two and three quarters of a percent, a solid near on two and a half percent for the Dow as well. And big moving stocks, it was again some of the usual suspects that we look at for leadership. Apple, the big mover for the SP and also for the NASDAQ. Goldman Sachs, a big driver for the Dow. But investors just parking aside some of those concerns around the pace of monetary policy amid rising inflation at this point and really honing in on the the numbers and the the commentary that we had from some big bank CEOs. That was a real catalyst for the market just to unlock some gains at this point. But that said, we're still watching the Fed very closely ahead of big moves again next week. The market uh, still eyeing what they're seeing on the commodities picture, a slight decline there, but offset with still very firm inflation numbers and also commentary from CEOs that they are still seeing Pricing pressure. So it was day in the green, and uh, we we'll, can see across various components of the market very strong for the banks, very strong for Fang Plus stocks. If We switch over the charts, you can see the banking names uh, 3.1% gain for the Spider and SP ETF, the uh, KBE. If we can take a look at those big banks, though, and you can see how it's playing out uh, 2.4% pop JP Morgan and Bank of America, big gainer. Also, though, uh, very firm numbers across for Wells Fargo, 4% range for that bank and Citigroup, Goldman, Goldman Sachs, I mentioned, uh, real driver for the major industry, up 5.5%. And Morgan Stanley strong as well. So right across the board, very strong bounce for those big financial names. To the US tech names, uh, Bank Plus stocks also in rally mode, almost 3.6% higher for the ETF. But as it played out, Apple stock 2.6% higher. Netflix, uh, a big gain of 56 You can see uh, gains too for meta platforms, 5 plus percent. So right across the board, we're chasing some upside for the session. A uh, quick look at what we had on those uh, European markets as we closed up shop yesterday. We uh, managed to rally on the FTSE close to the 7,300 point mark, so much firmer territory than where we we've been trading. 1% bounce, stronger though for the French market and taking that market through to 6,000. 200 points. Don't forget in recent sessions, it's been a challenge just to hold on to 6,000 points. So a very strong gain that we saw in the trading session. But it was the German stock market that uh, really had uh, the strongest ranges, 2.7% on that index. And the periphery tanking part as well from Spain to Italy, the SMI up 1% to the Asian markets. And as we take stock of uh, the trade there today, you can see very much picking up on that green from Wall Street, 2.5% on the Nikkei, one6 On the Hong Kong market. US futures, uh, let's see what lies ahead too. As we get set up for the trading session, we are chasing what seems to be some much stronger numbers. Uh, 16 at this point on the S&P 500, 119 in particular on the Dow. That is the one we're watching at this close hour. and a lot of the trade today will be about netflix which jumped as much as 12 percent in after hours trade after the streaming giant reported fewer subscriber losses than expected coming in at just under 1 million the company expects to return to growth in the current quarter with the forecast for 1 million new subscribers in the third quarter although that is still more than 40 percent below analyst expectations the company hailed the quality of the new content releases, including the latest season of Stranger Things, which Netflix says generated more than one billion hours of viewing in its first four weeks. The co-CEO Reed Hastings struck an upbeat tone on the earnings call.
0: We're talking about you know losing one million instead of losing two million, so you know our excitement is tempered by you know the less less bad results, um, but you know looking forward. Streaming is working everywhere. Uh, You know, everyone is pouring in. Uh, It's definitely the end of linear TV over the next five, 10 years. So very bullish on uh, streaming. Uh, And then our core drivers are just continuing to improve. Tough in in some ways, losing a million and calling it success. Uh, But, you know, really, we're we're set up very well for the next year.
2: Let's get to Dan Thomas, uh, VP of Third Bridge. Dan, the numbers were not quite what. Netflix had guided the woeful scenario that has taken the stock much lower in recent weeks and months. The two million customers that uh, the company was expected to lose instead 970 odd thousand. What did you make of uh, the company's ability to hold on to some subscribers and also find new ones in certain parts of the world?
3: Yeah, I mean, firstly, it's surprising, it's a surprising report in a good way. Um, after what we saw in the first quarter, there's probably an element of, of relief in these numbers after management obviously materially under forecasted sub- subscriber defections. Um, We'd obviously still be looking to. So you can uh, United States and Canada with a degree of, of, of concern. Obviously, seeing churn accelerate in a market where ARMs are, are particularly rich is 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 not a positive. But again, very good to see management coming out and guiding a return to growth in, in the third quarter with a million plus net ads. Um, there's still a, a tremendous, I think, amount of, of macro uncertainty that we have to think about. You know, Will the consumer roll over? What's the impact of rising inflation going to be? What's the energy situation going to be like in, in the winter And you have competition who are who are still very strong um Amazon Prime obviously releasing or looking to release uh, Lord of the Rings and you've got HBO Max looking to release House of the Dragon both of which can be very popular you've got Disney continuing to release you know internationally sort of world renowned content backed by world class IP um but a, a lot of I think a lot of positives to take from the numbers not least um a return to growth, and also a number of the strategic initiatives that Netflix have announced this quarter warrant a lot of a lot of interest, and, and could be very important for the business going forwards
2: dan the company citing all various different reasons for that slowdown in the subscribers from password sharing competition sluggish economy but as we look at where they are gaining customers it is in areas of the world where the margin or, or the uh, the premium is lower does that count as we take a look at the earnings profile down the track that we're talking about addition of customers around latin america for instance
3: yeah latin america APAC, apac obviously very good growth in this quarter and and people will look to the average revenue per membership being lower there but also bear in mind that the, the company is very very underpenetrated in that region there's a, there's an awful lot of room for growth on a on a sort of a volume basis and i think also the the, the initiatives that the company has pointed to around password sharing um you know those, those aren't really to be to be sniffed at they, they've mentioned a hundred million plus households or a hundred million plus users outside of plan still enjoying netflix um now will they of go and, and convert all of those 100 million plus subscribers to, to paying subscribers, you know, probably not. Um, will they convert in the maybe the tens of millions of, of, of new users potentially? And obviously, we've seen how Netflix is approaching that, that issue. We've seen the price point that they're approaching that issue in Latin America two to 2 to $3. They're looking to sort of convert those users at. that. So I think the market is also going to appreciate um, a level of clarity uh, around the potential uplift in, in earnings that password sharing efforts could could actually, could actually lead to. Uh,
0: Dan, um, is there ever going to be consolidation in this sector? Because, I mean, I actually did something very rare yesterday. I actually sat trying to find something to watch on TV because I never normally sit inside, but the heat drove me inside. I ended up watching England lose the cricket instead of uh, trying to see something on Netflix. And I just... To be honest, I was a bit bored by the offerings. I don't know if that's just me, but is there a time frame when people just kind of move on from these and think, actually, uh, there's something else out there? And B, as I say, is there going to be some consolidation?
3: That's not something we've we've really heard from from market participants. I think what we're going to see is is a commitment towards additional sort of channels, ad ad supported, not least the most important. You've seen Disney Plus sort of moving that way. Um, announced earlier this year. Obviously, Netflix is putting a lot of resource and energy behind the ad supported tier. So I think you're going to see um, streamers look at these alternative sort of monetization um, channels before before we really start to see anything by way of sort of some meaningful consolidation. So I, th- I think the ad tier is, is something for sort of the longer term that's still pretty exciting for the business.
0: What do you think of the Netflix valuation now? I just put up a comparison with Walt Disney, thoroughly expecting Netflix to trade. Uh, an excessive price earnings. But actually, it didn't look that. So is all the bad news um, with potential subscriber hurdles and road bumps to come, is that all in the price at the moment?
3: Really hard in, in this sort of market to say, what, to say what's priced in. Um, but from, a, from, from an operational perspective, there's certainly a lot that, that Netflix is doing that's, that's really interesting. Um, I, I do think ads Monetization could could be a really a really big thing for the business. It's going to be a couple of years before actually we see that ramped in a, in a meaningful way. They're going to start out exploring with 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 certain markets. But um, you know where where people have pointed to concerns around uh, subscribers maybe churning down into a lower priced ad supported proposition, you have to obviously look at that or the other side of the coin where Netflix is potentially monetizing those through premium adverts. Um, the, the the subscriber base, although we often, you know, we do speak of of, of churn very frequently. At almost every quarter, we're speaking about you know how many subscribers are churning. And uh, underneath all of that, they do have a very very engaged user base of around you know 220 million plus global subscribers. And advertisers love that. They they love uh, an engaged audience. They love an engaged audience that's spending an awful lot of time on the platform. And Netflix continuing to grow its share of screen time means it's it's scoring well in these metrics that advertisers advertisers love. So you know, I, I don't think the company's gonna have any issue attracting premium ads, premium CPMs. So that ad-supported tier could actually be very, very interesting. Uh, and management has have, management have even spoken to you know, the economics potentially being neutral to, to actually positive on the premium or versus the premium subscriber economics. Now, the public could have come out and gotten away with just saying it, it's, it's too early to, to, to maybe tell, um, but that paints a very, very optimistic picture for the potential contribution that the ad-supported tier can make to the business.
2: Dan, it's not as simple as just rolling out some ads and uh, charging some customers, not others. Uh, the company talking about whether some content will be included in the ad-supported tier uh, it does uh, make me wonder whether the company is becoming unnecessarily complex for both customers and investors alike.
3: They've always they've always subscribed to this notion of, of strategic clarity, and I think that that's benefited the company very well like, throughout its throughout its history. Um, the point around point around the IT, I think, might be somewhat. Overdone. Um, obviously, we've seen in the news, and it's been it's been reported that um, studios are are you know thinking about ways of getting, basically, Netflix to pay more for that for that content. They want to obviously have the fact that Netflix is potentially earning high margin advertising revenue on the top of their IP, you know, reflected in the price that Netflix pays them. But, but bear in mind when the company has um, you know, 60% of its content assets being produced in-house or 60% of its content assets are, are, are originals, it actually has enough content to go to market with an ad supported tier without using really any third party um, IP at all. So it's, it's, a, it's in a very good position to negotiate decent terms that make sense for, for everybody involved. So I think that, that may be something that's not actually a, a, a tremendous risk um, for, for the ad supported tier. What's the
0: last thing you watched, Dan?
3: <laughs> the last thing I watched, um, I actually watched something on Amazon Prime.
0: <laughs> what was it?
3: It was The Boys, season three.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the advertise. Okay. I just wondered, because I was struggling yesterday. I really was. Thanks, Dan. Nice to see you, sir. Uh, great analysis. Thanks. Dan Thomas, uh, VP, third breed. I just had a, a quick ready reckoner of what I've got. And bear in mind, I don't watch TV and we've all, I have fun, if I watched Squawk on the street yesterday. I actually loved watching the three oh, of
2: nothing them. Nothing wrong with that.
0: Faber, <laughs> Cantoneer and Crame. Um, mm-hmm. Genuinely, I'm watching more US Quark than ever. And, uh, to be honest, I don't often watch TV, as you know. Um, Sky, obviously, partner. We've just got Paramount on the package now, as right, you know. Right. Peacock, that's the NBC one. iPlayer, we don't pay for that. Prime, of course, because you know, the deliveries, etc., etc. Netflix, Apple, Disney. Can you, ITV Hub, I don't pay for BritBox, don't pay for that one, uh, the Channel 4 Hub as well, and then Spotify, which obviously is, a, is music streaming podcast.
2: Yeah, I d- and I don't, you still couldn't find something to watch?
0: No, I watch the cricket, I watch South Africa thwart <laughs> England quite well, actually, in the cricket.
2: Right. I, I, get, I don't, I can't, there's too many things to do. I started watching, um, oh, that, was it Anatomy of a Scandal? The other day? Uh, okay.
0: Interesting. Don't know that one.
2: Hmm.
0: I ended up watching a thing about, um, East L.A. basketball players and they're trying to get these kids off the street. It was fantastic. And yeah. then there was uh, another one about, I think it was East Mississippi, about washed up uh, American football players as well. I love stuff like that, but
2: I don't know. So this is the whole point of streaming these days. They're trying to get you to watch things you wouldn't normally watch. Yeah. So they're trying to broaden out your, your viewing repertoire well, the by suggesting, spent... uh, using algorithms, suggesting yeah. items to you that you wouldn't just necessarily just choose.
0: I couldn't find, do you know what I really want? To, well, you know the kind of stuff I want, but I didn't, couldn't find it. Documentaries on sport and fitness and stuff. There wasn't anything there. I don't know. But there's quite a lot it's there. It's mainstream, I don't think. I have seen anything <laughs> since Game Changers I like as much. Right. you see Game Changers? I
2: haven't seen that. Like I watched Four or five new, years ago? No, I didn't have Lewis seen
0: Hamilton that. was part of the production team.
2: I think I'm very. more mainstream than you. I watched uh, the new Bridgerton the other week. Have, have a
0: look at Game Changers. I actually want you to because I'm fascinated to see what you okay. think. Very interesting. Uh, That's not on Peacock or Sky, so I've got to be careful. Uh, Tesla released his second quarter results after the market closed today with analysts expecting revenue of $17 billion and EPS of $1.80 per share. Uh, Global deliveries for Tesla's electric vehicles fell nearly 18% in the second quarter. That was the firm's first quarter-over-quarter decline in two years amid a supply chain crunch, uh, factory shutdowns, and a shortage of raw materials. Meanwhile, Twitter This was fascinating, yesterday. really was. Twitter has won its motion for an expedited trial in its lawsuit against Elon Musk over his $44 billion deal for this social media platform. A Delaware court ordered the trial to take place in October. They just brushed aside a request from Musk's lawyers for a trial next year. Now, Mr. Musk claimed he wanted the later date in order to review and verify the percentage of spam accounts on Twitter. Okay. Right, that's going to be fascinating, isn't it? All autumn. Right, coming up on the show, bracing for the worst, the European Union says it's taking no chances with gas suppliers from Russia, apart from the chances already taken over the last 20 years. Anyway, ahead of the release of its preparedness plan today. Oh, they're going to be prepared. Good, that's good news. Uh, more than that after the break. And the podcast, any good today?
2: It's very good, and if you're not finding anything on streaming, you should definitely <laughs> also go and have a look at our podcast. For more on the challenges facing the streaming sector, check out the Scorp Box podcast. Russian gas flows through the Nord Stream 1 pipeline are expected to resume this week but at a reduced capacity, according to multiple reports. The key pipeline has been offline since last week for annual maintenance, with Germany still on edge that Russia could refuse to restart supplies completely. Russian energy giant Gazprom has already declared a force majeure, saying extraordinary circumstances mean it cannot guarantee supply. And Berlin reportedly needs to put forward a rescue package for Uniper by next Monday to avoid more serious funding issues. The German government is looking at a bailout deal of 15 to 30% equity stake, according to Reuters, and also considering a €5 billion in extra cash for the gas firm, with a less than €10 billion total commitment, according to Bloomberg. Let's get out to Annette for more. Annette, a lot of moving pieces here. The market very closely watching Nord Stream 1 and Capacity as Europe tries to build up storage ahead of winter. But of course, there's bailout 2 in Germany with Uniper.
1: Yes, exactly. I think um, the good news is that Russia is committed to send gas again through Nord Stream 1 as soon as probably tomorrow, Um, albeit at a reduced capacity 40%. But still, um, at least according to most energy analysts I've been speaking to you on the ground, that is not bad news because that is already a first step towards filling the storages needed for the winter period when it comes to the uniper bailout um it is a very tricky bailout it's even more difficult than the lufthansa one because of the engagement of the finnish state essentially what they are are doing right now is um, to think about a capital increase um, to for for the german state um, to a nominal value of the shares uh, which then might give them a, um, a majority or um, yeah, a substantial minority in Uniper, which they then can control, of course. Um, in addition, there might be a silent participation. It's all according to the Lufthansa model, more or less. Um, from the timeline, what we are looking at now, talks are still ongoing, details still have to be um, fixed, and there might be um, a, a decision or um, at least... A final round of discussion in the Chancellor by Friday and a deal might be ready by Monday. So all in all, they're also looking into extending another credit line from KFW because, as we know, um, the CEO of Uniper has been saying that they are burning cash in a volume of 30 to 40 million euros each day in order to fulfill their obligations because they have to they have to buy essentially the gas on the spot market and have to um, deliver to their clients to a very, very substantially lower price. And that is the key problem for Uniper right now. And that's why they are in danger of, of insolvency if they are not getting a state bailout. But it looks that the parties on the ground. Um, do find an agreement and it was more tricky because, as I said, the Finnish state is also um, owning 80% of Uniper, and uh, they needed to find a solution because uh, Finland is not willing to put more money into the business.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. Everything you just said. Thank you very much indeed for that, Annette. Well, another aspect of the European crisis is being tackled by the European Commission which will present its emergency energy plan today, with the bloc already signalling it's working on the worst possible scenario. In the event that Russia does not resume gas deliveries to Europe, the emergency plan is expected to outline a series of recommendations for energy usage by businesses and also include financial incentives to drive compliance. Sylvia has more. And as you know, Sylvia, I have a lot of confusion in my own head about what is going to be mandatory and what is going to be voluntary uh, from the individual members uh, once the Commission presents its plans. Perhaps you can fill in some gaps for me.
4: Well, when it comes to what will be voluntary or what will be mandatory, we don't have that detail yet, Steve. We have to wait for that press conference later on today. But indeed, one European official confirmed to me earlier this week that the proposal the Commission is presenting today will include specific targets on how member states can reduce their consumption of gas. And of course, this is very important within the context that we are right now, within this energy crisis, really, that Europe is is facing. Another official that I spoke with last week in Brussels also told me that the message in this proposal is actually going to be more focused on the corporate side rather than on households. But all in all, though, it's uh, it's important to keep uh, in mind that what the commission is trying to do here is really to warn people that they could be essentially heading to a very difficult winter. We heard from Gazprom earlier this week saying that they cannot fulfill gas contracts with Europe due to unforeseeable circumstances. Of course, Uniper, which uh, you just spoke with uh, inter- with Annette earlier on today, um, has rejected that uh, claim from Gazprom. But all in all, it's really telling us that there is a potential, the scenario that we've been discussing for several weeks now of a potential full shutdown in terms of gas supplies from Russia uh, is on the table and the Europeans are preparing for that. And what we're witnessing right now is really this 2 parallel of uh, actions. On the one hand, we have the Commission telling uh, Europeans that they need to save energy, while at the same time the Commission is trying to negotiate new contracts with other parts of the world, really looking to uh, to find new supplies from other partners. Earlier this week, there was that gas agreement with Azerbaijan. There have been agreements with the United States. The Commission has also uh, been in negotiations with Israel, Nigeria. So really, the European Commission is stepping up this message that they need to be prepared for that winter. So let's see what uh, the detail will be later on today, Steve. But definitely a very important proposal from the Commission later on today.
0: Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market moving news, you can head to cnbc.com.
4: Or join us again on
2: the show with Jeff Cutmore, Steve Sedgwick and Karen Show Weekdays on CNBC.